You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast.com and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Back up. Hello, and welcome to the 95th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim Hayes in Orlando, Florida. Hey, this is Matt in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And this is Spencer Howe in Boston, Massachusetts. Guys, how are you doing this week? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm I'm doing pretty good. Um, uh, how are you? Um, you know, no complaints. No complaints. I, uh... Made it all the way through uh, this past weekend's bike swap in Boston here uh, without Ooh. making any stupid purchases. So I'm pretty feeling pretty good. Gotta I'd say. See, no, that's wrong. What? You don't. You can't have fun or win a bike swap without at least one stupid purchase. Come on, there's got to be something. <laughs> the problem I had is that I went in with zero cash and was gonna allow myself to. Make stupid purchases with any money I made, and you I didn't made sell anything. <laughs> I, I made no money. Yeah, so all right. I've, why I didn't you I not? Why, why didn't you make any money? Probably well, trying to sell I, that BFC, yeah. weren't you? No. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah. <laughs> okay. That's, um, the, that's the problem with bike swaps is trying to sell full full built. Yeah. No, I saw. I was trying to sell the frame, but oh, who goes <clears> so if anyone needs a, uh, a a full suspension BMC mountain bike, let me know. Um, but I've pretty much been taking the same bag of parts to every swap for the last mm, eight years or so, <laughs> yep. and I think I've really gotten down to the dregs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so, um, do you have any of those uh, time Ronald McDonald Velcro shoes, like the old red and yellow? time shoes in that pile because i still you, have mine you had a pair of those yeah yeah i still I have them in, in the swap box no I, d- I don't have any of those i'm pretty sure you probably would have purchased all of them off of me if i had any tim were those the Ro- the ronald mcdonald ones were those the ones that broke on a ride you and me went on we were like east side of st paul we had to go to like a cvs pharmacy or some shit so you could get i don't know what the hell you bought to fix your cleat you went in there and bought screws at a pharmacy this was like we had like no tools, no ability to fix anything. I don't We're know at a what you're drug talking store. about. I don't know what you're talking about. That was these probably the Ronald quality, McDonald's shoes. These are high quality yeah. cycling shoes that have never been worn before. <laughs> <laughs> Top dollar, man. Uh-huh. Uh, New old stock, yeah. So, what do you have in your swap bucket, little guy? Like, I mean, I've got those Ronald McDonald shoes. I have quite a few oh, yeah. um, random ATAC pedals. Um, is yeah. It, like, what's your, like, standby that you always bring to the bike swap that never well, sells? Well, it's turning into these old rotor cranks. I can't sell the rotor cranks. Um, <laughs> and I've got I've got three. I don't remember the. It's a physique saddle. I've got three of them there. Caitlin's there. It's like a women-specific saddle. I bring them to the swap. I've got three of varying states of, like, brand new to, like, pretty trashed. And, like, people pick them up and look at them. 
and no one will ever commit. And it's driving me nuts. I'm trying to give them away at this point almost. They're really nice saddles. I forget what model it is. It's too wide for me. I can't ride it. I have anyway, a, I, that's I, it. I also have a few um, like wool cycling jerseys that I oh. bought at a old uh, one-on-one bike swap for $5. And I've been trying to sell them for 15 And people will try <laughs> to undercut me. Like They'll try to be like, I'll give you 10 I'm like, no, 15 and I've been holding on to these jerseys for a while now. So like, just take it. You're gonna. Goal. You've already lost the money on like packing space. The like nine times you've moved. I yeah, know, but it's true. the principle of the matter that I'm trying to like, trying to show that the market is not always correct. Mm. You, <laughs> you know what? I'm... Just blow them out at the at the bike shop. Uh, no, what bike shop? That was your bike, fatal mistake. The bike shop doesn't exist anymore. Uh, I will well, say that having so... that having that bike shop. Um, Email account's been pretty handy as of lately. So I'm still like, they haven't turned off all my logins at all the accounts that I used to yeah. operate out of, so I can still log into people, like just to see mm. what the cost is. It's been pretty handy because nice. I can still get the part Very numbers. Nice. We know what I'm stuck with in uh, in swap land is I, I somehow have a giant stockpile of front derailers. Yeah, and you can't sell those. Yeah, the way that cycling is going, I don't think I'm ever going to move them at this point. Like <laughs> everybody's going to one buy, and it's, just, uh, it's a dwindling. We haven't uh, even talked about this ever. Does this yeah. make sense to you guys on a road bike? It makes zero sense to me on a road bike. I know, like, was it like Cannondale or Specialized? One of them was trying to sell a crit bike with no front derailleur tab. Yeah, and like you Dude. buy it with just one ring. That is stupid. How how big of a disadvantage is having like a 43 oh. gram chain ring and maybe maybe 100 grams of bolt so so you're down you're down maybe 150 grams and then yeah. you can go up a hill you're you're down the uh the equivalent weight of a haircut um yeah. but you, you can climb. get you get the added bonus of the excitement of your chain falling off and not trying to figure out what to do with it in a 200 person pack at 30 miles an hour so so stupid you know i don't understand hey i feel like i feel like a weird old person yeah you are the kids kids today i think it's more embarrassing little guy the most embarrassing part about the one by setup is the giant freaking cog you have to have on the back of the bike it does look stupid like that's the it's like always having one of those derailleur plates that kind of protect your protect you from the derailleur like going yeah well it it's it remember the good old days of like of of cycling. It was like it was in, it was like a badge of honor to rock that straight block. You know, this is like even before our time, but like seven speed, yeah. eight speed cassettes. And if and if you had to have anything that skipped more than maybe one one tooth, it was like admitting already that you're too weak to win the race. If you're yeah. a, if you're a real man, you have a straight block on there. It's 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 it starts with. The smallest possible cog you can buy, straight block all the way up. Did you guys ever race with a triple chain ring? Uh, nope, only you. Uh, maybe in mountain nope. bike races. I don't yeah. even remember racing in a mountain bike race with a triple, just on the road. That's how bad things just on were. Your, your sweet hmm. uh, salsa? Yeah, the salsa, the old La Braza, the steel bike, which now I've gone full circle that I've gone back to metal for my um, titanium bike, 
And I will say that I have um, decided that a certain segment here in Orlando is the most important segment on Strava. And now the goal is to get that. And I was like, for a while, I was like 400th place on it. And I went all out with a friend on Sunday and I've like, now I'm in fourth place. It's like a brick street. It's two tenths of a mile long. The average speed of the winner, (laughs) the average speed of the winner is something like 32 miles an hour. So like you, you need to, to you have to hit the have somebody fast. get you in. You, oh yeah. yeah, like I mean the guys that are the guys that have the KOM they're legit fast. Like this is not like just Tim's making a segment important. So I yeah. went in to go like do some research on this segment, and I was looking at these guys uh, like their their rides over the last couple years, and when they got the segment, people are very excited for them. They're like, oh dude, that's the most like coveted segment in Orlando. So now I'm just two seg two seconds off and since it's bricks now with the titanium bike i'm kind of floating along the cobbles that i think i can get this but i need to have okay. like two i need to have a two seconds train. that's it but wow. it's you should go to the olympics you're only two seconds <laughs> off strava segment winning time it's See, true little guy, that's an amazing joke that i think our listenership will never get because that's about no it's just between two, the three of us that's a great inside joke but Two seconds away, but really it's three seconds because Strava doesn't record tenths of a second. So you really need to uh, – I need to be three more seconds off. And honestly, it's going to be a push just for me to get these two more seconds. I mean I'm going – I've already been like 30 miles an hour over these brick segments. My, I thought I was going to die. And if a wheel, if a car comes out and I didn't even have a lead out, I'm kind of nervous. But my life now is dedicated to getting the Temple Cobbles segment in Orlando. So follow along on my Strava. Okay, well, best of luck, I guess, to your you new racing I, career. El- just put your elbows in. You'll get four seconds right there. You know, that's true. Put, put your little froomy elbows. elbows in. Everyone makes fun because they're my sticking elbows. out like Froom. Everybody makes fun of Chris Froom, and you kind of look like Chris Froom on a bike. So what am I supposed to do, little guy? You're supposed to push them in. <laughs> I can't. It's ergonomically impossible. Physiological mm. impossible. But wait, how long wait, is wait. this segment? How long is this segment? It's two right? tenths of a. Hold on. Long. You can do it for that long, little guy. I was in the jobs too. I I, I need your diagnosis, little guy. Does it right. sound like Tim is the ideal candidate for some mustache bars? <laughs> he might be because <laughs> that might be his natural position. Yeah, I know. All this time, or like at least get some of those really wide flared dirt drop bars. Is there mm-hmm. ever been anyone You probably fast? actually get faster. Has there ever been anyone fast it, with mustache bars besides a me? criminal? <laughs> this guy. I got some I got some some top five placings in the C race in cross in our first year of racing cross That's with true. some right. mustache bars on my yeah. bike. All right, well no. I'll, I'll look into it. I mean, it's All the right. elbows have always been my downfall. But that being said, we do have a lot yeah. to talk about, and I think the thing yeah, that's on we... everybody's mind is Fat Bike person. National Championships Ugh. and the failure of Derek Bouchard Hall to reclaim and defend the president's honor of USA Cycling and taking the victory. Do you guys have any updates on Fat Bike Nationals? Did he race it, or did he just not defend the honor? He did because not he race. Like I don't want he did it. Not okay, race. so that's why he didn't defend the honor because he just didn't do it. Because he felt it was more important to go to the hour record challenge by Evie Stevens, who, yeah. See, by the way, absolutely like crushed it. Derek Bouchard Hall made the right choice. Yeah. No fat bike national updates on this channel. We're going to talk about an hour record challenge, which 
for once, we all agree, was actually kind of cool to watch. I didn't watch it, so I can't agree with that, but I can say it's great that she beat the record. Oh, she did quite well. She, she crushed it. She crushed it. She yeah. put a K in. She was, what, two, yeah. two-tenths of a kilometer off of a 48K? Yeah. Which is up near Jeannie yeah. Lungo, who I'm sure was totally clean when she got that. Mm-hmm. What's yeah? What position was she using? She's using like the since hers is taken away. Was she using yeah. like, the Superman or whatever? Yeah. Um. Yeah, she only fell a couple of laps shy, which you know sounds like not much, but we all know that's an eternity on the track. <laughs> it is, but, but I mean uh, that's so close to hitting that forty-eight. K. Really, that's it, just so. That's she, so she fast. It was she crushed it and Business Insider did a big story today about how a former uh Wall Street investor took the hour record. I mean, that's kind of cool that the crossover was, you know, she got more media coverage from that one article than what most domestic pro men's teams hope for an entire year. So, yeah, it was it was a good yeah, way to get coverage. True. Um I don't know, man, you in the Hopkins Raspberry Festival, that's impress. <laughs> the uh we did get a review on iTunes that does go into this on my R3 it said any podcast that mentions Acton, Massachusetts and Sven Neese deserves five stars. And if you bring up Evie Stevens the next time around, note that she grew up here too. Thanks for all you do. Huh. And there you go. Well, there you go. Evie Stevens, cool. your new hour UCI women's champion and absolutely crushed it. That record may be untouchable for a little while. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree. It's with been that. going up though. I mean, it's been it's been ticking up over the last year. So who knows? Somebody else could be out there. And then, uh, guys, obviously, the thing that most people know about is Umloop and KBK. <laughs> and I was gonna say that the winner of Umloop. And we're not, you know, Greg Van Armorat, sure, you can take all the credit you want. But Lizzie Armistead taking the win in the World Championship jersey, that was pretty rad. But wait, sorry, rad. you couldn't even watch it because they had to tell us about Peter Sagan's diet going into the final day of the Umloop. Uh, Did they? Yeah, like, I you didn't, didn't even that. see the final sprint where Ar- Armistead totally crushes it. Instead, they're talking about Peter Sagan's preparation for Umloop at Newsbold. It was totally ridiculous. What did he well, eat? What did he eat? I need to know. Inquiring minds. I didn't see this. I don't know. Well, Tim doesn't know either. Tim just read about it on Twitter. I just read no. about it on Twitter. Because, yeah, because it was Boonin, but that's okay. All right, the point is still the same. Former world champion, uh, same idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Lizzie, Lizzie Armistead yeah. crushed it, soloed away, um, won by almost 30 seconds, uh, over the rest of the pack bunch sprint. Um, all the big names are up there, uh, which is great to see. Um, hopefully we'll see it streaming live on the internet soon. Um, possibly. Yep. Uh, for the men's race. Yeah. GVA, not second place. Peter Sagan. Second place. Is second place. place. The- Continuing where he left off. Is the but battle of second places. Indeed. Yeah, that was a great race, though. That, somebody that, yeah, somebody had a, to lose. Someone had to lose. <laughs> and, and win the race. That was a great move. Everybody in it. T. Spanute is going to be awesome this year. I'm super excited yeah. about it. Luke Rowe, where the hell did he come from? He's been a strong guy, but holy crap, did he go up the Tame or whatever the, the climb that Boone yeah. usually attacks on? 
he he just flew up that thing starting that move. Yep. Should that was we impressive. give an extra shout out to Roe for wearing zero knee warmers or arm warmers? I mean, was he not wearing knee everyone else or arm was warmers? pretty bundled up? That guy looked pretty tough out there. Yeah. I don't know. See, like, look, Sagan was really bundled. GVA was really bundled. Well, I th- those guys are obviously Sagan didn't need the, to be bundled. The proest of the pro in that group. They yeah. they know what's good for him. Sagan didn't I need to be bundled because he had the hairiest legs in the pack. Which Does the he? reports does he still the, have hairy legs? Yeah, I didn't. The, the reports from like the start still... line was that he did not shave his legs, and so he had hairy legs in the world championship kit. That is an atrocity. Brian Cookson needs to step in and take the jersey away from him. You know what, though? I've, I've heard that he is waiting until he wins a race in the jersey to shave them. Could there be any truth to that rumor? And uh, if, if so, what's your take on it? Really? I want the that, pictures. That's what I want. That's an elaborate. So, like, it's kind of like the playoff hockey beard. Like, you just kind of, but the revort, yeah. reverse, right? Like, you're just going to keep it out yep. for as long as possible? All right. Yeah. I like it. I don't. I guess I don't care if he shaves or not. I don't know. I like he got funny. married over the off season. Probably was like, I don't need to shave my legs anymore. Like I think it's just all going downhill. I think this is going to be a disaster of a season for Peter Sagan. He's okay. already having. <laughs> he's already riding really well. Like, so is he? Yeah, is he I'm, riding I'm too well too soon? Like, I mean, it's kind of worrisome, I don't think isn't so. it? I think it's more worrisome that GVA is riding too well too soon because he's already had some wins a couple weeks ago. Has the win here? Mm-hmm. I don't know. So what's the natural? Yeah, you need, what's the you natural need to cycle? be. You, you need to hit around our magic number of sixteen. You know, at this point in the year, to be good, come Perry Roubaix. Who so, is like? Well, Boonin was closest of the big names because what was he like tenth or eleventh or something on Saturday? So. On Saturday, yeah, he was uh, 11. Um, okay, there, so there were, perfect, perfect. I got, I got my eye on a certain Oscar Gatto who came in 18th on Saturday. And on oh. Sunday, Sunday yeah. the danger man is actually Caleb Ewan who came in 15th. Mm. Well, but Gatto might already be too good. He won a race like last week. So. Sorry, guys. You're mm-hmm. both wrong. The real winner mm. coming into Paris-Roubaix. You guys know who it is. Edward Thunes. Eighth place both days. Last time I checked, I know I'm a social studies teacher. Eight plus eight equals 16. And therefore, it's he true. is the future yeah. of cycling. Well, Perry Rubé is and still we, what? For a second, uh, talk about... Eight weeks away or something. It's eight weeks away, but it's a cycle. There's a lot of racing to go before then. But guys, that Trek yeah. factory racing team is stacked for the classics. Well, Probably either... the best team in the classics right now. They have to be. No. No. Disagree. Who won KBK? I think BMC was riding super well. Who won Lotto KBK? Lotto was winning, riding super well. Obviously, Trek was riding. Yeah, a Trek rider won KBK. doesn't okay. mean the team was the best team. They was rode Fab- really well. Was Fabian I'll give you that. Consolera Two of them rode the really well. No, Fabian Consolero was not in the race. Neither was Frankie Schlecky. Okay, and we still have <laughs> Thunes Van Poppel, the guy that won KBK. That's five solid dudes. Well, I don't know if Schlecky is solid in the classics, but you know what I'm saying. Okay, so Trek Factor Racing's totally stacked for the classics. They are. They're in a good. They're in a very good position. Uh, Jasper was that his name, right? Jasper, who won the race on Sunday. 
I've like never seen this guy in my life other than I read in the inner ring current preview like his name at the bottom and that he opened a chocolate shop and then Ooh. he goes on and wins I like him already yeah he's supposed to guys chocolate shop he, that was a hmm. dominant performance though that the was a he pretty cool race held off that group I went back and that watched was a the good 20K. race because Kern usually Kern yeah. usually kind of sucks yeah I gotta say you know I do really like these both these races but they have they have the early season formula which I guess you need to follow you know as a training kind of thing or whatever to ease into it but you get a couple of good climbs and then it's about 40k a flat to the finish line which is like it's fine but uh it can be it can lead to some not exactly interesting racing for the final hour but this year yeah good racing it's true it's true um, so do you think kbk is bad because george hincapie is no longer racing and therefore well can never win again that's definitely probably one of its biggest downfalls as a race is that it doesn't have mm-hmm. George Hincapie. I, it is pretty mm-hmm. sad when you go to George Hincapie's Wikipedia page and they have strike through font on KBK 2005. Like they have it listed, but there's a line Ouch. through it because it doesn't count. Did Ouch. he get it taken away? Yes. Did he get it taken away? Uh, Who won On it Wikipedia, it's been taken away. So I don't know if that's just a random editor that took it away or if the UCI <laughs> removed it. <laughs> but well, who who did, who did he? Pay? Hip in the sprint. I'll have to get my Google fingers Ooh, going. I want to know. Did he, so? Wait, he didn't he win Ghent too or something? He won something else, didn't he? Like in the year two thousand, like another semi classic, like no, Schneppelepagus or something. He doesn't win anything. Come on, that's a good. I think he has two. He has two minor classics wins. Schneidenfrusch, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> he um, uh, he beat uh, Kevin Van Impe. Oh, so Van Impe gets the win? By one second, yep, yep. So oh, so that's that's Van Impe's biggest win. <laughs> Probably. And, and here we are every week talking about George winning that fucking race. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be getting, no. like, we're going to be getting, like, no-star reviews from, like, some South African, uh, like, address, and we won't know who it is. It'll just be Kevin Impe. Oh. Yeah. So... Over and over. Slow ride podcast sucks. Do you guys think the biggest news? Revisionist of the, history. Do you guys think the biggest news of the weekend was uh, the motorbike crash? I, I, it's definitely big news. I mean, the other dude fell on a lake and had to swim to a concrete pillar and get rescued by a boat. That was the, pretty uh, crazy. The fake that's, guy, the GP Lugano. That's pretty insane. so. Yeah, I think they're kind of on par. There's a lot of crashes, and yeah, the the rider safety thing comes up again. Did you see that um, Edward Sepulveda or whatever, the Argentinian climber guy who got DQ'd from the tour last year? He got hit by a barrier that got blown into the course. Yeah, um, I did not see that. He he was like coming through. He was maybe finishing like in the 20s or something, all by himself. Gets hit by a blowing barrier, and now he's out for like six weeks. He like fractured something. Yeah. Uh, so, so, yeah, is, I don't know. Rider safety, an issue lake, again. Is falling well, into a lake worse than so, falling off the side of a mountain? I mean, he's alive and he didn't yeah. die. I don't know. It probably was really fucking scary. Can you imagine, like, oh. crashing, yeah. hitting a guardrail and then being like, oh shit, what's on the other side? Ah! He felt like the equivalent of a couple stories. 
Yeah, he fell 30 feet. So what would you be God, thinking about? What would you, little guy, be thinking about when you're falling those 30 stories? I'd be thinking about how I was going to die. Oh, <laughs> I'd, be thinking about, about like, it. I'd be thinking about, like, man, you know what? Ken Herbeck really did pull Ron Gant off first base. Really? I would, <laughs> maybe I would be thinking, like, oh, man, I better point my toes. Yeah, right? Like, let's swan dive this. Do you think do you, <laughs> that there's, like, there's the guy that's going to rescue you, he's going to pick you up in the middle of the lake, and they go, like, eh, six. Yeah, you know, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. So the the difference that I see between uh, between crashing into a lake, falling off a mountain, and uh, or any of the other crashes we had uh, that's different from the motorbike is that crashes happen. Yeah. You know, like I mean, what do you? So it feels like for years we've been watching racing, and there's always been close calls with motorcycles, and it just only in the last few years did they start actually running into people but it doesn't feel like anything's different i guess you guys think something's mm-hmm. different why we, we seem to be having so many incidents well so i don't feel like anything's different we're just like luck's run out some people were trying to put the blame on the rider himself that got hit by the motorcycle because like he swung so which i far think out. i think is crazy yeah that's mm. crazy like i didn't see it clo- it just wasn't a close enough image to i why feel is like, there but... so many when he's pulling off so the front of the lead out like what why is there so many motorcycles? Because there's press. Because we want to watch it on TV. Yeah, but what I'm saying yeah. is that there doesn't seem to be a need to have to have a motorcycle that's constantly going up and down between the pack and the front. Like, like why do you need to have yeah. – like, why not go a detour? Like, hey, look, mo- like, photographers, if you want to be in the front of the Peloton, take a right here and go out of the way yeah. and then beat the Peloton and then you're at the front. Like, why do you have oh. to pass it? Because I, 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 in my imagining, there's there's a certain number of motorcycles you probably need. The UCI says you gotta have this many race commissioners. You gotta have is, this yeah, many which medical. Yeah, four hundred, and then you gotta it's have four hundred Watson's motorcycle. Well, but that's the thing is, I think after that point, I don't know if there's like a set number, like a maximum number that these highlights you have. But I feel like all these races want publicity, and they're desperate enough for it that like if someone says they want to have a press motorcycle in the race, they're not gonna say no. They're not gonna say, oh no. That will be unsafe if we have one more motorcycle. They're just like, yeah, please take photos, write the name of our race on it, and print them in your newspaper or wherever. Like, yeah. you know, like yeah. they're, they're, it's not in their interest to, to not yeah. have it. I don't. I don't think the peloton has gotten significantly bigger. I don't think the riders have gotten significantly sketchier. Or, yeah, you know, and but there are more motorcycles, and there may be less. Uh, vetted or trained or whatever like it i feel like it used to be a thing you know that there's this elite crew of motorcycle drivers that went around with that toured around basically they were part of the traveling circus that is bike racing and maybe that's not so much the case anymore um, no i mean imagine like what was it like in 86 or whenever like whoever jesper skibby or whoever got his wheel run over at flanders yeah uh-huh, almost uh-huh. got he almost got ran over as he's trying to unclip i mean i just feel like this stuff's happened maybe i don't know if this is just a symptom of it being we have the internet we can see the clips a thousand times and in 10 minutes everybody can be up in arms whereas like 15 years ago some dude could have got taken out by a motorcycle there'd be a one it's not just a one-line byline about it and we'd never know about it you know what i mean it's it's not just think of how many crashes there are in the race no but think how many crashes there are that you don't see in a race and you just hear like a little bit about them so you know, do you think yeah. the, if it isn't like a big dramatic event? So 
two things. One, Johnny Hoogerhide got taken out by the uh, the car. Oh, right? Hoogerland. So, Hoogerland, that's whatever. Okay. Hoogerhide, something else. And then Johnny uh, Race. And then, <laughs> that's why he's such a good bike racer. And then the second, you know, second thing is when these bikes have motors. Sven Nice's nickname is Johnny Hoogerhide. You're, you're getting your you're getting them all mixed up. When these bikes have motors well, yeah. on them, are they gonna then uh, you know? Uh-huh. Is it like the same when a motor bike causes a crash? Is that going to be causes yeah. big of an uproar as motorcycle causing the crash? Oh yeah! When somebody that if somebody crashes and then they find a motor in their bike, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna cause. If somebody rider hegedals, mm-hmm. it's gonna be a big deal. Did you see the uh, the UCI <laughs> checking the bikes on the Lotto Jumbo um, team camp? Like they came by with that giant iPad thing and they were like scanning yeah. it, and then they started scanning they just, the wheels. Like they went through the yeah. the down tube and the seat tube, but then they're like, yeah. hey. We're going to check the wheels for the yet-to-be-invented electromagnetic motor that can be on the rim. It was pretty impressive. I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's been invented. It's just a matter of <laughs> cash. I don't know why they thought Lotto had the cash for it. They got the <laughs> yeah, they, the they Sky did. Tent and the Astana Tent and the Katusha Tent. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so what team do you Maybe think, the way- little, guy, little guy, do you think it's one of those three teams that will be the first caught with a motor on their bike? I don't know. I really have no idea. Come I hope on. nobody. I just want to say Come no on. one's going to get caught with a motor because it's so fucking stupid. Dude, it's going to be one of those Italian teams that has like 50 sponsors on it. No. That somehow backs their right. way yeah. into the Giro. That's like, hey, we're going to get yeah. the best media coverage ever. Motor on the bike. <laughs> well, wait, that, what sponsor that's kind of, do we That's use? kind of a good segue into the fact that, like, so what, we haven't talked about this last time, but all these teams have been leaving the MPCC. With their more oh, stringent yeah. rules. And that a lot of that was like there's a whole bunch of those little Italian teams that always have a million doping violations every year. A whole bunch of them joined up like Bardini and Southwest and Nippo and all those fucking little teams. And then every time anything happens, they all backed out. But I mean, in the last week, we had uh, Orica drop out. Mm-hmm. Who the hell else? Somebody else dropped out recently. I don't know. Well, no one's in it anymore out. except for Garmin, right? Just Garmin by themselves. Probably, yeah. What team's Garmin? Maybe a French team. Cannondale. Okay, thank you. Cannondale, Cannondale. What are they now? Cannondale, Holowski. I think uh, it's just Cannondale now. Fake, not actually using power meters in our pedals. Sponsored by <laughs> power meters in our pedals. Did you, ever, you guys see that last year when like when they when they when they were sponsored still by Garmin and they were like using SRMs even though they're you know supposedly the their sponsor made a really great power meter <laughs> they just uh-huh. were like yeah no hey little guy who's oh, the we're uh, just comparing the two little guy who's the team that's on the rotor group that's uh that's our favorite team to mention data man oh. God I'm so excited about that like hydraulic brake. Hydraulic derailleur shit. Have they had so any cool. failures or anything yet on it? I mean, so I far so good. I think only like three of their riders are actually using it right now. Oh, okay. I, I don't. I don't even think they're all on it yet. I think it's like three of them have prototypes, and that's it. Was there? Um, so, besides, <laughs> but no, I don't think they've had any failures. So, besides Umloop and then uh, KBK and uh, the women's versions of uh, Umloop, and then there's another yes. women's race uh, on Sunday. Was there any other cool racing going on on the calendar at all that uh, people should be paying attention to? Yes. There was. There was some good French racing. There was the, uh, it was like the Sud Ardesha, 
which are our, our, all our French crazy listeners are going to correct me on this. And there's the La Drome. Did you guys see this? It came on my feed. I was watching the French Eurosport feed for Kern, and they immediately, like, the race ended, and they didn't even wait for the podium. They immediately switched to this La Drome classic French race. Did you guys see this? Did not. No, right. I did not. Well, the same dude won both these races, this uh, Petre Vakov dude who rides for Quick Step, and is Czech, yeah. and won two races in a row this weekend. And so Quickstep did have some success, just not where they gave a shit. <laughs> but this Ladrome <laughs> race um, was seriously awesome. Bunch of little climbs through like little French villages, super hilly. Um, AG2R had their A game there, and they still couldn't pull it out. Oof. But I really liked watching this race. I didn't get to watch the whole thing. I had to had to leave. But it, it, it kind of tapped into what is one of my favorite things about cycling and one of my least favorite things, which is that when it rains, it pours, and there'll be, like, 100 good races at the same time, which is cool. Yeah. But, like, that race, I didn't know anything about it. I guess it was, like, the third or fourth year of it. It looked like a really fun race to watch, but, like, I had just watched a bunch of racing, and, like, I had to be a normal human. See, and now I that's where we get back to the conversation yeah. that we had a few weeks ago about is it time for some of these, like, quote-unquote classics to step aside and let some new ones come through. I don't think there's anything about stepping aside. I just wish... I know it's hard to run a weekday race, but, like, man, could they just have ran that today or tomorrow or something? You know? <laughs> like, so there's, there's like, a little... What is it, on Wednesday or Tuesday or one of these days this week in, in Belgium, there's that little Samir or something. It's, like, one of these little midweek classics. Mm-hmm. So there's some of that, but maybe that can't really exist in, like, France the same way it can in Belgium. Well, yeah, it's because of the labor unions, you know, the farmers got to, <laughs> they can't. Well, I, it does I feel really like, the, it does feel like Belgium is like the one country that can throw a Wednesday race and get like people to, people just to come out. Because I don't think mm-hmm. anybody works in Belgium. They just like drink and then watch bike races. Well, as far as I can tell. And the great thing, yeah, the great thing about a Wednesday race in Belgium is that Tyler Farrar could win it. Exactly. Oh, true. <laughs> hey, Maybe this week's the week, man. He gets back on the podium. I don't know if he's even riding in that race. So what else is coming up, though? Anyway. Like, so we have Paris-Nice, and we have well, Torino-Andriatico coming up, right? When's Strada Bianche? Yeah. Next Saturday. So that's, that's this Paris coming Saturday, nice, right? Yeah, and Perry. No. Perry nice starts next it's, Sunday? Yeah. No, that, Torino starts next Sunday. Perry nice starts no. before that. I don't Torino fucking know. Torino starts It all ninth. overlaps. Paris Tim, starts six. When yes. Tim doesn't stick to the script, we don't know what's going on. We didn't, we didn't realize we we're going to talk about Torino. No, we. But I mean, it makes sense. We should. Yeah, we got we got all this. I think AG2R is going to win everything in in uh, Paris Nice, and Nibali is going to win everything in Torino. But what Those about Strada Bianca? Come on, man. That's like the ultimate classic. That is the new classic yeah. that has elbowed its way onto the calendar, and it kind of answers Spencer's question there about like, is it time for some of these other races to fall off the calendar and it's like dude the strata has just come in and said screw you we're taking well, our spot what are you going to do about it i guess i don't think they they're sort of like hey how about we do a classic like right before you guys are all going to go to reno mm-hmm. so who takes it i'm excited it about fabian? it fabian fabian with the win is it going uh, to be a maybe a christoph win no i think no, uh absolutely think not too hilly Danilo DeLuca going to come out of retirement? 
yeah, Deluca. No, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with a super dark horse that I don't even know if he's riding. Fabio Fellini. Oh. Whoa. So that's okay. Who you who you guys okay. at? Who do I have? I have Fabian Cancellara. Alright. A Fabio and a Fabian. Spencer. All right. Uh <laughs> well I Okay, Caleb Frank Schleck, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't done any any thinking about this race whatsoever yet, so uh yeah, I don't really have a pick, but uh I mean obviously your 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 um Steve R's are a good shot. Oh, your Fabian's Steve a good R. shot. Uh, Steve R is a good pick, Spencer. Your, but it's probably going to be Valverde, as much as I don't want to say that. Oh, you know, you guys, I'm starting to like Valverde. I think I think I'm coming around. What? Why is that? <laughs> I think it's he's that... sl- well, he's been working me. He's been slowly like destroying like because I like the way he races. He's like he's in every race. He's aggressive. Yeah. Like what yeah. I don't remember what little stage race he won like a couple weeks ago, but he beat TJ Van Garderen, which was pretty sweet. And he attacked <laughs> for being an American podcast. He attacked like, at the so bottom of the climb and put TJ in the hurt locker. And and he 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 attacked like eight K out and crushed TJ. TJ thought he was gonna win his first like uh like small stage race in Europe and Valverde was like, We're not having that shit. <laughs> It's like no, this is just, no, this was is like, terrible. Hey, hey, I heard you didn't even show up to arm wrestle little guy in Richmond, Virginia. So like, screw this. Yeah. I'm putting an end to it. <laughs> TJ was like, he doesn't like you either, and he's like, he's gonna like me after <laughs> this. Watch this shit. 8K out, motherfucker. Try to follow. You can't. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm starting to like the way he races. Um. You know, like speaking of Strada Bianca was like last year, the year before when that uh, Roman Maxi race was still happening. Oh, that was a good race. Oh, yeah. And, uh, that was, that cool. was a sweet that was race that unfortunately yeah. hasn't happened. But he got away and, yeah, and he went solo with um, the little guy from uh, AG2R. Sammy Dumont. Yeah. Um, nope. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's small and he's on AG2R. Who yes. else could it possibly he's be? He's small. I don't think he's. He's not an AG2R. He's on Confidus, isn't he? Uh, <laughs> I was thinking of uh, Posavio. But anyway, Valverde. Oh, he's tiny he's and Italian, so it would totally make sense with the story. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Valverde's he's kind of, I don't know, he's just he's, so, he's finding a place in my heart. So would you, I get, I would get you it. rate him in your top ten? For for Estrada, yeah, if he's there, I think no, he no, can no, win no. It. Like, I mean, as your favorite racer, like all things being equal, oh. and you forget the past, would you be like, ah, you know, I kind of like him. Like, he's one of my well, five favorites. Yeah, I mean, like, forget the past. Yeah, he's obviously an exciting bike racer, and he's, I mean, anytime you watch a race, you could just say Valverde is going to win this, maybe, mm-hmm. and he'll at least like show himself. Yeah, he does make it exciting. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He makes it exciting. But remember when he wrote a couple like like little minor cobbled classics last year to like get ready for the tour and just like immediately just started like mixing it up with the cobbled specialists and you're like what what has he been doing all these years like yeah. he's good at these two <laughs> and he's sort of like eh, that was fun but whatever i'm gonna go and i just go back and do races in spain and italy and never show up for these again and you're like but you were good what are you doing <laughs> uh 
Little guy loves Alejandro Valverde, movie star writer. Not as good as Carlos Betancourt, but pretty close. You heard it here have, first. Um, have have any of us seen Carlos Betancourt this year? There has not been a gummy been any bear sighting. There's not been a gummy bear nope. sighting in a while since the jersey. Un- no, there was the jersey unveiling. There was the picture of yeah. him in the jersey, looking uh, that it? looking pretty good. I mean, you know, just not. You know he's um, he doesn't need to come into form yet. He's not racing the Giro. Okay. I wish we I knew just... somebody who worked, um, you know, who had an inside line on like what size jersey he had to order. Um, you know, we could photos. dig that out. Maybe if one of our listeners has any ties to uh, movie star team or uh, whoever their clothing manufacturer is, that um, would be good. That, that would be, be amazing. Really what? That would be when good. Is he spo- like he needs to start racing soon. Like if he's gonna do the Giro, he's got to at least start showing up to bike races. Mm-hmm. I, like just even yeah. showing up and like watching, having a maybe having a hot dog on the side of the road. He doesn't have to race yet, but he's at least got to <laughs> like maybe like get a feel for like how the team bus parking situation works and like where the no, sign is. No, maybe get guy. some autographs. No, I think he needs to keep yeah. doing the secret Colombian training, right? Like mysterious right. training in the mountains and then he comes that's out. worked really well for him in the past he won the way the thing is when he tour. trains in colombia he doesn't train and when he trains in europe he actually trains it's true yeah, i'm gonna say i have to side with the little guy on this All one right. hey we Can got... he just hang out with the quintana brothers hey we got i just a, don't uh... see <sighs> they're so good hey well we they got... dropped him sorry <laughs> <laughs> But he dropped him. At he was the like, buffet. "They must. This must be the top of this mountain. I'm going to turn around and go down. I don't know how I missed him." But... <laughs> hey, we no, got I, another. Uh... You know, I do. I do have one other pick. I got one other pick for the race this weekend. Who I who I think might do well. I don't know if he's right, but um, Aradondo. Yeah, we all know he's going to do. No, well. no, Aradondo from Trek. Tim, you like this because oh, yeah. talking up the Trek guys. He had a terrible year last year. Had like back problems, but he was in those couple French races this weekend. He was. He was showing up like decently in the results. He got like a top ten one day. I think he's coming back. You know, back to his two years ago form, like where he was in the like climbers jersey at the Giro. So I, I dark well, horse. Look I think at, he's going to be there. You and I were talking about how I have put in a request to get an interview with Edward Thunes of Trek Factory Racing, yeah. and how yeah, one of the caveats it. of this request is that we get to be his very first interview after Tour de Flanders. So, yeah, no matter what happens, no matter what happens. So if he gets 90th yeah. place, double flat tire, the first call he makes is to us and we'll probably be the only ones on the line. But if he wins or gets top place Belgian, he can't do the Sporza feed. He's got to no, say, sorry, do that. I need to talk to <laughs> breaking the his contract. Podcast. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I'm kind of excited about that. I like it. I, I mean, that's yeah, I think it's good. I don't know what questions to ask him. Maybe it'll be about like, we'll hey, what's your uh, favorite emoji on Twitter? Because he seems to be pretty active on Twitter. Um, but anyway, <laughs> so, I think we can come with some real questions, like, hey, how'd you win? Or like, hey, how was it to step up to the world tour after being on Top Sport for a few years? And like, hey, what about those sensations? You know. Yeah, the sensations. Yeah, yeah. So, they were good. Uh, with that, we do need to get to two reviews that we got this week on iTunes. Um, first is from Ty, Ty Guerin, just getting to know the guys, very much enjoy the conversation and personalities, content that every true life rider will enjoy and appreciate. Very glad I've added them to my rotation. 
Life Rider is a little curious. Kind of, I don't even know what that means. Any ideas? <laughs> sounds positive. Uh-huh. I don't know. It sounds like he wrote that while, uh, you know, in some kind of uh, lifestyle camp or something. I don't know. I don't get it. Really? Yeah, it's like kind of hippie talk. I don't know. I give that review three stars. Yep. Well, well. Uh-huh. And our yep. 67th. Uh-huh. I mean, I could see that. Our 67th podcast review. Award-winning presenters, champion. I knew things were serious when this podcast started following me on Twitter. Then they liked one of my tweets, and I was over the moon. My clout score must be unchartable. Love the podcast. Not sure there are podcast awards, but if so, <laughs> these guys would definitely podium them. With Podium Bike present. There My one complaint are. is not enough oh, yeah. decades-old twin talk. These guys want decades-old twins talk. This guy does. It's that, uh, All right. Who was that? Was that, uh, was that Ty? Who, who no, was that was uh, Wayne still Twilliger. Still our fan, despite that was, the Ken Herbeck incident? That was a review from Wayne Twilliger. Oh, of the twins? Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Also known as Ron Gardenhire's opposite. That's that's exciting news. Uh, I got nothing else, guys. Okay, um, so since you've broken character, we couldn't hear anything from either of those reviews. Yeah, like not all our word. all our responses <laughs> to you were just us kind of just joking around. So if any of them actually fit and worked in oh, any way, that's awesome. I look totally forward do. to hearing it. We, do you guys have anything else you want to add? Maybe a Greenway story of some kind. I have. Uh, I, I have sort of a Greenway story. It's actually a Trading Post story. You guys remember Trading Post? One of the better roads to ride in in Afton. Ah, uh, yes. I, uh, no, best way to start is it was like 50 in the 50s on Saturday. So everybody was out doing a group ride in Afton. I was out driving in Afton, not doing a group <laughs> ride. Um, but we turned on a Trading Post and there was. This is like an exact figure, like 42 riders on the road. And it's where the road is kind of twisty and hilly. So they kind of go out of sight and you'd see half of them. And they were like spread out. Like this field was decimated. Somebody had put in the heart attack. And they were all <laughs> over the fucking road. Like like spread all across the road, going around corners uphill blindly on the wrong side of the street. It was really good. It was really great. It made me really happy. And uh-huh. so it took a really long time to pass them, and I was really pissed off at them, and I felt like a really pissed off driver the whole time, and I was, and I just, I was a mad, mad guy in a car, because they were being total assholes, and I had to pass like four different groups because somebody had just destroyed this field, <laughs> and then came over the last climb, and there was one rider really far ahead, almost to the corner, and they were. They're in the tuck, getting arrow, drilling it. And I was like, holy crap. So we drive up and we go past him. And they're almost to the finish. And I look over and it's Caleb Donaldson. You guys remember Caleb Donaldson? Local bike racer. Oh, yeah. He destroyed that ride. Um, <laughs> but Caleb, I don't know if you listen to the podcast, but if you do, tell all the guys in your ride that you're destroying to stop riding like assholes because they all rode like <laughs> assholes and were all over the road. And no one could hold their line. Everyone was like floating out into my lane and floating back in, floating out. Um, it was really dumb. 
So don't ride like an asshole. I guess that yeah, it should be rule number one. Yeah. Now Spencer, should be rule number one. It was way too big for a group ride. I know Tim. That's like standard group ride down in Florida. It's forty plus people. It just. But it was a mess. It, it, oh, hello, Autobot. Hi, it's Autobot Tim. Tim has turned into a robot. But that's okay. We lost, because we lost him. It's totally okay, guys, because I can totally hear you guys, and it's going to be amazing. Oh, good. I can hear you now. So everything is fine, but little guy, what's really strange to me about that entire story is that you were the the asshole driver. Like, I never would have thought you would ever tell a story where you're the asshole driver. I don't think I was an asshole driver. I was a mad driver. I was somebody that there was so many riders and they were so spread out like a group of three and then two people between the group and then another one. And at the same time, no one could hold their lines. So when I would go to pass anybody, they would like two of them would like be going four miles an hour up the hill and they'd swing over really wide. And they're like, ah, ah. I wasn't a jerk driver. I think I so, very respectfully passed everybody. Plenty of room. So it was what just, you're saying is that jerks. you you have put in your application. This is your resume to be a, a driver at a UCI level world <laughs> tour race because you yeah. can do it without running people over. Yeah, if I cannot run over a bunch of um, like cat four fives that are getting blown up on the first long <laughs> training ride of the year because they were probably yeah. like like bonking really hard some of them and like yeah. heart rates around 200 <laughs> and so they're not going to have a lot of control of the bike i understand that mm-hmm. i would have probably been in the same uh physical position but if i yeah i didn't i didn't run any of them over um and i even passed them in the van so i had to like push it you know to its <laughs> it was a van maximum to make an uphill pass yeah, I, I don't care. You're going five. You're going fifty. The van doesn't like to make uphill passes. <laughs> it's true. All right. Well, thanks for sharing. Yeah. So uh, my application is in. Thanks for being a horrible van driver. I was super horrible. I didn't honk at anybody. We didn't even yell at anybody, though. We thought about it. You didn't even slide open the side door of the van and like scream encouragement at them, like, "Come on!" Come on. Uh, that's true. The you red know, rather, right there. <laughs> rather than, than like Caitlin rolling down the passenger window and saying something, it would have been cooler if she would have gotten in the back Alea, and just Alea, totally Alea. opened the door and then like <laughs> just like yelled stuff out the side with the whole side door open. Work we together. Have, we have a lot of stuff Shift. in there we could have thrown at them. Shift. Work together. All right, guys. Why isn't your bike titanium? You could have bought the speed, but you didn't. Oh. They were probably mostly titanium bikes. Oh. So, guys, that is the 95th episode of this podcast. I can't believe we've been doing this for over two years now. And I'd like to thank you and everyone that's listening. Also, BK1 of Rhyme Stars Entertainment for the intro and outro music. And you can always mm-hmm. leave us a review on iTunes and Stitcher. The reviews, as you guys listened and heard, were not very good. Um, one was okay. Uh, and then, you know, secondly, I heard only five stars and I think that, you know, secondly, the most important thing is that you got to wave at your fellow cyclists unless they're overtaking the road, at which point you open up your van door and you yell encouragement at them, like work together. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is the way that all car drivers need to teach 
need to treat cyclists that mm-hmm. are maybe you know giving cyclists a bad name rather than like honking at them and flipping them off. Why don't you just tell them like, hey, you guys got to work together. You can catch them. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the most yeah. appropriate so you way think, to do you think by... echelon. <laughs> do you guys <laughs> know how to echelon? Okay, you're overlapping the wheel. Slow down a little bit. <laughs> Things like that, you know? Yeah, real good stuff. And next okay, week we'll be gonna, back. You need with to keep re- a megaphone in the van. Next, <laughs> Oh, that'd be good. That'd be good. I don't have a <laughs> megaphone in there. That's one of the few things I don't have in there. Next week we'll yeah. be back with a review of Strada Bianca. Um, and then, mm-hmm. you know, the start of Paris-Nice. And then a couple days later, Torino-Andriatico. Um We'll also maybe review the entire AG2R season because our French Wait, listeners. Both are all Torino right. and Driatico are going to be there? Yeah. 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 Both of them. And Tim, uh, can we make sure we get an update on your uh, Strava KOM uh, hunt? Oh, definitely. Oh, the Strava hunter is out there. And tomorrow morning, I got an early ride. And I, actually, I'm going to start walking the section. I'm going to walk the segment to really learn where, mm-hmm. the, um, where the good line is because it is a little bumpy. So. I think that that's the best yeah. part. I'm going to treat it like a UCI that's cross smart. race where I walk the entire course before I actually go ride. Yeah. Oh, Very make good. sure you dial Very your good. pressure just right, though. You want to have just enough. Yeah. Keep the speed, but not too much that you don't float over those yep. cobbles. Yep, definitely check the temperature in the morning and the barometer and uh, really dial it in. Yeah. We need to get the atmospheric pressure down because that's what's really going to dictate if I can take three seconds off and two-tenths of a mile. Yeah. So, so guys, I, I have a um, off the cuff suggestion here for uh, uh, a new outro to the show. We've been doing it, like you said, for two years. First year we struggled to find the proper uh, uh, outro statement, and then we stumbled upon "Wave at all your other cyclists," which I still think is a great uh, a great thing to say. But what if we sign off with uh, and and hey, guys, remember, work together. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. 